It's that time again. America's favorite fan-centric podcast is about to leave the station. From memory lane to Awesome Avenue, be it sports, social, or otherwise, we'll explore it all together while trying to keep it on the road one trip at a time. So sit your ass down, keep your hands in the vehicle, and buckle up, bitches, because you just got on the fan bus. Hey, hey, boys and girls, welcome back. It's your girl, Ange, on the fan bus. Super excited today, as I am every day, of course. We're going to be talking about sports betting, betting terminology, and a couple of things related to that topic. I have gotten many, many requests about this topic, and all of the people that I work with in the podcasting world are submerged in uh, sports betting. So I'm very excited today. I have with us piloting the bus is uh, Eric from Patriot Sports Radio. Hello. And Will from Game On. Boys, how are you today? Good to great. Doing great. Good to great. That's a good way. Excellent. Good. I'm glad to hear it. So I think first off, we probably can start like this is going to be super cash. Obviously, we're going to shoot from the hip like I do on all my shows. It's just the way that I work. And um can you guys give me a little bit of background about yourselves? I don't know, Will, if you want to start your affinity for sports, how that started, and how you got to get involved in sports betting and what that's like for you. Yeah, well, I've grown up. I just obviously, I love sports, played it all my life. I mean, I did everything. I, when I was a kid, if I wasn't at school, I wasn't home, that's for sure. I was out playing sports, whether it was actually with a, you know, in a league or just with the kids down the road. So um, always loved sports. Football's always been my favorite. Um, got into sports gambling. Um, I guess you could say on as an early age, and I didn't realize it was sports gambling. My dad works for a, a mill, and so he he would always bring home those you know like little pick 'em pools that they do every week. So you just go through and pick who you think's going to win that right. week. And so we would do that. That was fun. And then when we would win a week, uh, you know, and win like you know a hundred and something dollars, we'd go out and celebrate by going to our, like some of our favorite like little restaurants or something like that. Uh, and also, uh, he he really got me into it by uh, and where I lived, it wasn't legal, but you go and go across the literally. There's a bridge into into Oregon, and at the time it was legal, and you can go over there and do little parlay cards and stuff like that. So uh, we would he would show me how to do that and like teach me about the point spread and whatnot. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then eventually as I grew older, um, uh, I, I just really enjoy a challenge and sports betting is a real tough challenge and I enjoy sports. So you put both two and two together and a chance to win some money. Uh, it's kind of how I, I kind of got into it. So you kind of grew up with it. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah, I, even before, um, so going through college, obviously I was a broke college student, so I didn't really gamble much, but <laughs> I just loved, I honestly, I loved, I had those engineering pads, engineering paper pads. And I would just go through the lines and just make picks that I like. And then I'd watch and just like, I'd write them down to hold myself honest and then see how, how, how it went and just started studying sports gambling at that point before I even had any money on the game. But, um, just cause I, I, I enjoy it so much. I'm a little odd like that though. No, that's not odd. That's super cool. Like, I think it's kind of, I don't know. It's very interesting to me because it's like a whole foreign world. I don't gamble. Like I was brought up. Like, it's just not something that we do. It can be irresponsible. And I think it's because I knew of, like, we knew of a couple of people who had problems. <laughs> so, um, but that's the other thing, too, that we'll touch on. But, Eric, how did you get started into sports gambling? I want to know. 
I think it just naturally came from my obsession with sports from middle school on. Basically, if you didn't watch Sports Center, you weren't going to be able to participate in the conversation at the bus stop. Right. Like you needed to know how many points John Starks had last night and be able to talk about it. And it just sort of kids who are obsessed with sports find each other because we're the only people who will sit there for three hours and talk about numbers that happened in a game two years ago <laughs> and never really good at sports. I never made any high school teams. Didn't try that hard either because I wasn't that athletic. I lived down the street from the high school, from the middle school basketball coach. He saw me in the driveway every day and he still <laughs> didn't put me on the team. So that tells you everything you need to know. So maybe that's why I delved even deeper into the analytics of it and being able to talk about sports because I want to be around it. But I obviously right. I can't put the ball in the hoop on a consistent basis. But it just sort of naturally then I was able to see like, you know, this team is probably going to win before I even knew what lines were or anything. I, you know, you'd see a team that's obviously not supposed to win. You're like, oh, I think the Jets might be able to do it. And that's really, that's all gambling is. That's a great way to to simplify it. And that's what I've done is I just look for a team that's not supposed to win who who is probably going to win. There's two or three of those in there every day. Yeah. And, and you just got to find them. But and the, it makes the whole the, thing so much more exciting when you're able to bet yeah. on the whole thing. Like it just it it adds a whole other dynamic is oh, what I'm yeah. finding through learning through you guys. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be an irresponsible amount of money. Like I'll be watching a Xavier Yukon game and Xavier is down 10. I'm like, wow, Yukon's really streaky. Like they could come back. Let's put five American dollars on Xavier. And then it's the most exciting basketball game you've ever seen for the next 30 minutes. A game that you didn't care about at all. Because Absolutely. It's, a, you know, it's enough to make you jump off the couch, but not enough to make you big with a toaster. <laughs> right. But the and first bets I started putting in were, um, my parents were friends with bar owners. If you live in Wisconsin, your parents are friends with someone who owns a bar. Oh, yeah. And they were taking bets um, over the, on an answering machine. Like Sunday morning, I would, like 18, 19 years old, I would call this answering machine and be like, I want states <laughs> minus six and a half. And, you know, Packers plus three or whatever. And I felt so cool. Like I was doing this thing that none of my friends were. I was basically in the mafia, like pretty, pretty you were, close Yeah, you to were it. like little Henry Hill, right? Yeah. When you were a kid. <laughs> yeah. And there, there was definitely an aspect of that to it, too. It, I, it, it was cool. It was fun. It was a thing that maybe I wasn't supposed to be doing, you know. But right. now that it's been legalized and like, across a lot of the country and people are wanting to do it, I think it's a yeah, great and- idea to talk about it. I feel like that's part of why I'm doing this segment is that you guys are always super responsible about betting and letting people know that like you don't have to bet the house and that, you know, it's something that can be done for fun. And I know that you talk all the time about like you have a specific purse that you have a certain amount of money that you use that amount kind of doesn't change. Or if you're putting in um, overtime, like you'll use overtime money to add to those funds or whatever. Like yep. it's, it's gambling something... money can't come out of the 40 hours. Right. Oh. right. And we always joke, nobody wants to get divorced over their bets, right? Exactly. <laughs> so if we find that level amount, that's exciting, <laughs> but not detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. So just to like third grade it, because a lot of the people that I talk to want to start betting, sports betting, they actually listen to the shows that you guys do, that you're part of and, and, you know, all the ins and outs of it, but they don't know necessarily about those things. So just to like 
if you'll bear with us all for just a minute and break down a couple of terms in the bedding world that people kind of need to know just so you can get your feet wet. So like when you talk about like the spread, what is the spread will? What is that? Well, the spread is you'll have one team that is going to be favored over another team. So let's go back to the Super Bowl, right? Everyone knows the Super Bowl. Okay. Eagles, Chiefs. It was it was uh, a really close spread. It kind of went back and forth. It opened up with uh, the Chiefs at one point being a favorite. Then it's the line moved to Eagles being a favorite. So eventually, what we had was the Eagles were a two point favorite. So that two points is the spread, the minus two. So if you were to take the Eagles minus two on the spread, you would be rooting for the Eagles to win by three points or more. That's what the spread is. It tells you how much does a team have to win by for you to win your bet. If they won by exactly two, you would have pushed. If they won the game by one point, then then you would have lost. Um, obviously, that, that, that varies between teams. So you'll have like the Chiefs, for example, play, uh, let's say they were playing the Chicago Bears this year and they were a uh, 13 and a half point favorite right at home. So that means you need the Chiefs to win by two touchdowns because you're taking the minus 13 and a half points. So that means they've got to be 14 points or more uh, t- at the end of the game, the final score for you to win your bet. Conversely, if you think, hey, the Bears, Justin Fields, he's going to run all over them and, you know, maybe a backdoor touchdown to cover the game. Maybe you think that They'll lose, but they're not going to lose by two touchdowns. Well, then you would take the 13 and a half points and hope that the Bears don't get blown out by the Chiefs. Got it. Okay. Did I miss anything, Eric? So, Eric. No. (laughs) Yeah, you're starting the game with a 13 and a half point lead. Got it. So then when we talk about like plus money, even money, like what are those terms kind of how, how would you describe those terms in the betting world? That goes back to favorites and underdogs a favorite is going to be like you have you'll have three columns when you see a wager you'll have the two teams on top of each other and then three columns one will be the point spread minus six minus three whatever that number is and then in the middle will be the money line so the team that's favored by say six points is going to be probably like minus 180 on the money line. And that money line means just to win the game. So what that number means is you would have to wager to win $100, you would have to wager $180. Whereas the underdog is probably going to be something like plus 180 or plus 200. And that means that if you wagered $100, you would win your $100 back plus 200. But... I take the zero off and work it in $10 terms. That's how I operate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so when we say plus money, we're talking about uh, something that's not statistically most probable to happen. Got it. Okay. So when people talk about betting, um, and this is something that's interesting, and I think when I was just going through Twitter, I think it was, I was running into people who were laughing hysterically at certain things. Can you explain to the kids how sometimes in your betting, you can choose a winner, but not win money? How and why and when does that happen? You could choose Will, a winner and not win money. Question. Yeah, like if that- you chose somebody to win, but sometimes you don't win any money. How and when does that happen and why? Like, let's say in golf, like specifically it happened in golf, I think. 
I don't know, is the example that I was given by someone. Oh, are you talking about breaking even, essentially? Yeah. Right. You can bet yeah. your money, but not win. Yeah. That's when uh, you, in golf, that's a great example. You'll bet on yeah. maybe five or six different guys to win a golf tournament. And if one of them wins, it could cover all of your other bets. <clears throat> or it could bring you close to, you know, back to where you were. Okay. So sometimes, like, if you had, I don't know, John Rom plus 600 and you made eight bets. Now, if John Rom wins, you're still down 200. So you need somebody with a bigger, somebody, maybe the 1200 guy or the plus 1000 guy. And what that number means is it's just times 12 or 12 to one. It's kind of okay. like having a stock portfolio where, let's say yeah. you had five stocks that you picked. Cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's yeah. say you had five stocks that you picked, and this, this is going to be an extreme example, but let's say one of your stocks nailed it out of the park, right? But the other four just tanked down to zero. You were, you were playing the penny stocks, but one hit. You're hoping that that penny stock, whatever that ended up hitting out of the park for you, was enough to cover your losses on the other ones. You, it may or may not have, but uh, that's, that's essentially what, what betting like that is when you're betting on multiple players, especially when you're getting plus money on, on all five of those players. Yeah. Granted, all that's my, lose too, and you, you can lose it all. A, so that's a great yeah. analogy. I love that. I think that makes it easy for people to probably understand because normally people have tons of things going at one time, anyways. If we're being well, honest. it's all numbers. They hear numbers. <laughs> they hear plus this. They hear spread. They hear that. Favorite <laughs> underdog middling. What's that? I need a hedge. What is a hedge? I thought my gardener only hedges. What the heck's going on? Okay. That's that's kind of. You gotta, you, you gotta. It's too much math, and a lot of people don't like math. So you just gotta kind of think of it in, in some real world terms. So what does it mean to hedge a bet? You brought it up, so let's talk about it. To hedge a bet, okay. At it. <laughs> I love hedging. I love so my the philosophy I go by. If I can find a bet that puts me in a position to where I can make another bet and guarantee the winner, I'll take it every single time. I don't care if it's twenty bucks or two thousand dollars, right? I, I will take the guaranteed winner. So let's stick with golf since we're talking about golf. So let's say you okay. took Jordan Spieth, uh, you put. Um, as Chris, or as uh, Eric likes to say, you put 20 American dollars on Jordan Spieth, uh, at 10 to one, at 10 to one to win a golf tournament. So you're looking at, if he wins it, you're winning 200 bucks, right? So let's say Spieth is in the lead going into the final round, but he's tied with, uh, let's Tiger Woods. So it's Tiger and Spieth. And let's say that they have a good lead. They're a three stroke lead against everyone else. So it's pretty much going to come down to those two guys. So you're sitting there and you're feeling pretty good. You're like, hey, I picked him. I got him. All he has to do is beat Tiger today and not like just fall apart on the last day. And if Tiger wins, you get nothing. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. If Tiger wins, you win. Or if Spieth melts down uh, and and someone else comes up. And Tiger and Spieth both melt down and someone else comes up and jumps both of them. So that could happen. So when we talk about hedging, you're going into that last day. You got your ticket on Spieth. You're feeling good. So now it's Spieth and Tiger. Now you're looking at Tiger. And it's like, well, Tiger's plus 250. And so you're like, well, I'm getting plus money on this. And that's the key thing when you're guaranteed a winner is to be betting a – is to look for two plus money bets that you can put together where the only outcome is those two outcomes because you're going to come out positive. So let's say it's Tiger. You're looking at him at plus 250. So you put another 20 American dollars on Tiger. So now you're looking good. You're either going to win your uh, – you know, what is that? Your $50 on Tiger and lose your 20 on speed, or you're going to win your 200 on speed and lose your 20 on Tiger. 
granted, you've got to be with golf. It's a little bit more complicated because you've got to be watching, you know, if someone else is going to come up behind and, and, you know, you could live bet that. But in just the simplest terms, that's what it means to hedge. You're going to go ahead and place a bet to where, let's say the only outcome was it was going to be Speed or Tiger winning in that scenario. You're going to put $20 on, on, on Tiger. That way, if he does beat Speed, you're still going to be up net $30. And uh, you had you had a hell of a tournament watching that go on for the inter- entertainment. Almost like putting insurance on your bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of. Like a blackjack doing insurance like. on your bet, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. College can... basketball with with the major point swings gives you a lot of opportunities for that too. You can have a team that's minus ten and they could at some point in the game be getting plus nine points. And you could think about taking that and or take them to win. You know, that's what I like to do. Find a team that's going to win the game, but they're just having a rough time and they're down eight. Yeah. At that point, they won't be the favorite to win the game anymore. Okay, I'll tell you one of my it. favorite my favorite bets with it is when every time you get a chance that Patrick Mahomes is down. You know, a couple years ago when they were down yeah. what twenty four nothing in the playoffs and like in the early second quarter twenty four nothing to Houston, I I was live betting like crazy. I didn't even care that I was getting terrible odds. That was like only like plus three fifty. I'm like, there's no way Patrick Mahomes ain't gonna <laughs> come back and make this a game. And uh, yeah, so there's scenarios like that where you're like something funky happened. Let's say in football. A team's punting, punt gets blocked, it's a touchdown. You're like, okay, that's fluky. Their offense hasn't been doing anything. It's like that, that was a fluky score. Now they're up, they're up 10 points, 10 nothing. They shouldn't be, the Bears shouldn't be up 10 points to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to come back. And so you either take the points and hope, you know, you get, you actually get the Chiefs with plus points at that point, or you just say, I'm going to bet the money line on them that they're going to end up pulling this off. So I'm surprised you didn't use Belichick for that reference. You said you were going to. <laughs> Saving him. Uh, okay. A lot of this stuff is is you're saving it. <laughs> <laughs> so then another thing that came up that someone requested explanation about or clarification is units. So when you're betting, can you describe what it is to bet units? Like how does that work? A unit is how much you bet. So I either bet five or ten dollars on things. And at that's just what works for me. But people who are better at gambling or have more disposable income will bet more. It's just whatever works for you. Don't let anybody tell you it's not enough or it's too much. It's completely up to you. If if you want you can get in the dollar bet club. We have that too. But Will can speak a lot more to management of said units. So units are like when you you a unit is whatever dollar amount you put on it, right? So, like, yes. if you're you, maybe you're betting two units and your unit is a five dollar unit, or it's kind of like when you go uh, to the casino, maybe, right? And you're yeah. playing five dollar hands, or you're playing yeah, with you chips. Want- the chips are not maybe like I don't know how to describe it. Is that a good description? I'm trying to yeah. You want a bunch of five dollar can... chips because that's okay. how much you want to wager each time, and it's important to to decide on an amount and keep that consistent amount because that will help you stay disciplined through the whole process. It's probably a good way for you to track your track record mm-hmm. too, right? That too, like yeah. how much you're up. It's or down. also it's also helps people understand other betters. It makes it an even playing field because, like like Eric was just mm-hmm. saying. One unit might be $5 to someone. It might be $50 to someone else. It might be $1,000 to someone else. So when people are giving out picks or you're telling people and they're saying, I'm putting two units on this, 
that means you don't care what their unit size is. If you're going to tell them you're going to do your own two <laughs> units, that's how confident they are. Because if you saw someone say, I'm going to put two grand on this, it speaks like, to, oh, yeah. man, they must be feeling really, and, and it may not because th- their units might be a thousand dollars. So it's yeah. just a two unit play. Whereas if it was a 20 unit play, you'd be like, holy cow, that guy is really confident because units, uh, it, wow. the, the most simple, simplest way is to say a unit, one unit is supposed to be 1% of your bankroll. So if your bankroll is $100, one unit to you should be $1. Now, that doesn't mean – a lot of people get confused with this part too. It doesn't mean how much like money is in your actual active account. I don't keep a full <laughs> bank account in my account I just because I don't trust these these online places with yep. my money. So I keep <laughs> as little in there as I need or as much as I think I'm going to need and whatnot at a time. I'm constantly moving money in and out of there. Um, but there, it, it, nice. it's basically – if you were to sit down and you're like, okay – What's my total bankroll? Like if I was to go in right now and and this get, speaks more into and we can talk about it later if we get to it, sports betting being an investment because that's how I treat it. And it's like if I'm going to invest this football season, what's the max that I can invest? And let's say I was going to say it would be $5,000. Okay, $5,000 is going to be my investment for this season. So if I were to take that all the way down, my 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 unit size would be uh, what what fifty dollars at that point. So that that's how I would do it. One percent of my bankroll would be fifty fifty dollars. Um, if it's someone that says I got five hundred dollars, okay, then five dollars is your unit size in uh, for this season. So I'm getting out of this. Unit size doesn't matter. You shouldn't feel bad if you have a small unit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's all about no putting shame. it in smart places. <laughs> Just don't put it anywhere irresponsible. That's that's right. what it's all about. Some Excellent. of the best units are the units that grow for you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. There we go. There you have it, boys and girls. So what about, let's talk about parlays. Let's, between the two of you, um, Eric, do you want to go first? What, about, what do we know about parlays? How did those um, work? Well, those are... A great way to get yourself in trouble. Um, if you're <laughs> if you're a beginner, you shouldn't really mess with them because you'll if you win one, it's going to make you think that that's how it works. But a parlay is something where you're putting multiple bets together: two, three, four, five, fourteen, <laughs> whatever. But they can you give all me an example of like a football parlay? Yes. So you could take the. The best way to do it with favorites is you could take um, a team that's favored by seven and another team that's favored by four and a half, and you feel great about them winning the game, but you're not really sure by how much. You could just take the money line, and that's just for them to win the game. And they might be minus 200 or minus 160 or whatever, but when you put them together and you need both to win, then it becomes plus 150 or something. And then it's it's all it's an all-encompassing wager. If one part doesn't win then you get nothing. Okay. So, but if, high risk, high reward. Okay. I was going to say, I was just going to say, so if they do hit though, it's usually a big payout. That's the great <laughs> thing about parlays. You can be two for 10 and still be ahead financially. That's so crazy. <laughs> so then parlay, par, parlay, parlays have legs. So like however many of these bets you do, that equals a leg. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, and is that infinite? Like, how many legs can you go usually? Like, what's. Many of the books, books will let you do. 
Okay, yeah, so they cap you at some point. <laughs> okay, so that's really interesting. Usually in the teens somewhere. Yeah, so they usually stop of- you at like fifteen, just because if for some odd reason you do hit it, the payout they're looking at millions of dollars in payout, and they don't want to take on that liability <laughs> as much as they know that you're not going to win that one. They just at some I'm point they're like, if they do win this, we're kind of screwed. Yeah, <laughs> if we take ten thousand of these, one of them is going to win, maybe two. They're like, no, no, we'll have none of that today. Sorry. Yep. That's the thing. They can just decide. These books, these are how you know these books are dirty, like FanDuel and DraftKings. If you're on social media and you're getting into the sports gambling business, you'll see constantly these sites, people posting it, but also sites posting, look at what this person won off of this parlay. Look at what this person. You got to ask yourself, why are these sites promoting these big payouts? These people that put $10 down had a 10 leg parlay. So all 10 of these things had to happen for them to win. And it did. And they made $80,000, $50,000, whatever it is. And there's things they don't tell you about that. One, they want you to do that because they don't tell you about all the people that did do it and lost. So yeah, they lost $80,000, but they made that back and more with all the other people that tried to do it because these things are really, really hard to do. And it's stupid to do them. They're fun. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. They're fun as hell to do. Uh, when you're sitting there and you're <laughs> yeah. on the last leg and your heart's pumping, you're, right, you're like, here we go. It's fun. It's great entertainment, but it's it's very dumb. And two, what they don't tell you about, at least what <laughs> I, I personally know with like FanDuel is if you are someone that ends up taking these tw- like a $20 like parlay and it's a crazy one and you end up winning 50 grand, they'll pay you that 50 grand. And then immediately after that, they're going to limit you. You're not going to get more down down more than a dollar on any any type of that because they they don't wow. they, they they don't want you anymore. And that's why these bookies are so <laughs> dirty. And, and they'll, but they'll promote you. They'll promote you and say, "Look what this fan won right here with this twenty dollar bet." And then right. you turn around and be like, "I can I can only get a dollar fifty down on the Warriors game." Like, what the hell is this? And they're like, "Oh, sorry, you know, you, you, um, we, we don't want to take any more yeah, action." Yeah, you're too you. smart for us. Hmm. It's they only want really? people that lose. Like you're pissed off. In experience. <laughs> I hate these rookies. Yeah, happen? I hate them. <laughs> I do. They're dirty. They don't. They, they don't, don't, they don't buy. They, I don't. I don't even dislike yeah. them because of them like not wanting to take me or something like that. It's because they only want to take money from the average Joe, and that's what I don't want. It's just they're stealing money from people that fall yeah. into this trap time and time again, and I hate it because the average person's out there just like, I'm trying to get this so I can do something extra this weekend with a girlfriend or something like that, right? You know, like, like here's some fun money, and if it turns into something cool, but this books are like, no, nah, we'll take your fun money from you because we're going to sucker you, and I, I hate oh. it. It's dishonest. Yep. Fuck. That does suck, and honestly, like, it's everywhere you look, all over the internet, all over the TV. Like, you can't get away from sports betting. It's become, like, trendy. It's kind of mm-hmm. sexy in a weird way, I guess. Like, it's all of these things where people are just, like, I think people feel like if you're not doing it, you're kind of, like, not part of the crowd because everybody's That's doing That's how they it. want you to feel. Yeah. yeah. And those so, ads are expensive, and they don't buy that ad time by paying out $10,000 parlays. Right. <laughs> They're just like insurance companies. They don't build those big buildings by paying out claims. Yeah. They're bringing money in. Mm-hmm. Those bitches. And yet, we still show up every day to, to bet. <laughs> yeah, it won't happen to us. We're smart. We're going right. to win. <laughs> Not us. Those other people. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. <laughs> My God. So, um, if you're a person who's learning how to bet, 
And as you guys have learned, um, and as every people, no matter how I feel like any persons who have experience, no matter how much you have or don't have, you're kind of always following other people and kind of seeing what they're doing. Um, so what, how do you describe when you're following somebody, like their percentage of wins or losses or what do you call that a ROI or, um, and then are there specific people that you follow or you just do it some of the time just for learning sake? And I know that you guys have pretty good luck with betting actually, because I listen to and hear you every week, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but you're practical about it, which I really appreciate. So let's talk about that part of it. People's percentages. Is some of that inflated? Yay or nay? Eric, do you want to go first? I don't know. I don't think it's, I think it probably is. You're going to find people who are just straight up lying, but more often you'll find people who just aren't posting bad results. They'll tell you all about when they win, but um, they'll post some bets early in the day and then those bets will lose. And not only will they not tell you that they lost, but they'll, they'll take it down. Like it never happened. And those oh, are the no people way. you got to watch out for. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Like Will was talking about with the with the graph paper, that's the way to do it. Find some people who you listen to and understand and you know what they're talking about and you trust them. And then watch the games and write down what you what you would bet if you were and just see what the results are. See how you would be doing. And if you would be absolutely getting crushed, then you know it's probably not time to fully dive in yet. But if it looks like you're winning three out of every five, you know, predictions you make. Then maybe uh, maybe put five dollars American on uh, the Grizzlies or whatever. <laughs> I love it. Will, what do yeah, you have to say about to, that? When it comes to tailing other people, um, you just got to figure out who they are. You've got to study them for a while. You got to look at. I mean, there's people that I I I follow. I follow along. I try to me. I I, I treat this as like as like when I start respecting a certain better, I put them into my list, and, and so. If I've got 10, 10 respected betters and they all give an input on a game, I'll take that that into consideration. Even if I have my own opinion on it, I want to be like, okay, so why are they on this side for what reason? Like, I'll listen to their explanations. Just can they convince me to switch switch my opinion? But when you're looking to tell mm-hmm. other people, you you can't hold them to account for because for for what happens in the short term. Um, because anyone, any one of us can go on a cold streak. Any one of us can go 0 and 10. Like it's actually easier to go 0 and 10. It feels like when it goes 10 and 0. Um, what I do is I try to find people yeah. that are honest about it. They post their stuff out there. They don't, like Eric was saying, they don't try to hide it. They don't try to only post winners. That's a big red flag. Um, and I just try to find people that like when I hear why they are trying to, why they're on one side and why they want to be uh, place that bet. It sounds logical. It sounds reasonable. I don't have to agree with it, but I go, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. I get it. And either I'm going to jump on that or I'm going to pass or I'm going to, or I'm going to, you know, be on the other side and respect, respectfully disagree. But it just comes about at, around to, you know, studying people, especially if you're buying picks from someone. Um, that's, that's, you've got to really know who to trust if you are going to buy picks from them. And, and honestly, there are a lot of scammers out there, but you also have to n- not expect instant results because there's no guarantees. And like I said, anyone can go on a cold streak at any time. That's why I created my community because I, when I, I, I give out my picks, I don't make people buy my picks. I just give out and say, Hey, here's what I'm on. Here's what I like. Hey, here's a bunch of information. 
what I like to do, especially in football season, which I do a lot, I, I, I try to do my weekly report cards. I throw out all the stats and all the trends and all that stuff out there. I want to, I, I, everything that I take in from all these different shows, all these different things that I listen to, I try to throw it out there so everyone can read it themselves and, and hear it themselves and digest it themselves and make their own decision. I'm going to make my decision. You can copy me if you want, or you can, you can make your own decision, go the other way. Um, that's how I like to do it. And that's why I like to create a community because there's so much information. There's so many stats, trends, and stuff like that. It's hard for one person to do. But if everyone's like, you know, kind of grouping, working together, it's a little bit easier. We don't all have to agree or be on the same side. But I mean, if someone we know is a specialty in baseball says, hey, I'm on this for this, this, this reason, and you don't really know much about baseball, but you're like, okay, well, let's start working to get, you know, let's start seeing uh, how this can work out. Or if you just don't have time to do baseball, uh, or study baseball, but you respect yeah. that person that's in that group that you trust, then you could be like, well, I'm just going to tell his place because I know he's putting in the time and effort on it while I'm going to go put my time and effort on the NBA, you know? Yeah. And I think that's part, I mean, that definitely seems like part of the font of it is researching, you know, different um, stats or things that may have happened. And maybe you heard that someone's hurt or coming off of an injury or that, they just got arrested at the club last night or <laughs> different yeah. things that might contribute to performance or when that's, that's the thing too. You could have the best breakdown, the best argument about one side or another. Cause that's all it is. It's like lawyering, uh, lawyering. You, you, you literally, a bet is literally arguing. You can argue one side or you can argue the other. And uh, a good mm -hmm. handicapper could make a case for both sides. And you could have the best case of why you're, you could have all the stats, trends in your favor and, and why you think this is greater than a 50% bet. And that bet could still lose because this is gambling. Right? It could still lose. Mm -hmm. Also, right. you, could have every, you could have everything that, that, that you said be completely wrong and your handicap be way off and you could still win. It could just happen. To, let's say you thought it was going to be a low-scoring football game because this is that, and that's why you like you know the, the team with the better defense. Well, it could have been a shootout, and your team just still ended up winning and coming to spread for you, right? You were totally wrong on your handicap, but you were right on your hand. And that's what you'll see a lot of people do. You'll see a lot of people with this like lucky last-second, you know, like backdoor cover, and someone start touting like, "Yeah, see what I told you? I was always on them, even though they were down twenty-seven <laughs> at the beginning of the game. I knew they were going to come back and cover." You know what I mean? It's like, no, no that's just odds were so slim that you were going to get that right. And you just happened to hit it, you know? <laughs> well, you said the word handicap. Okay. So let's describe and explain that. Again, you we're third grading this for Um, It's just analyzing the, analyzing the game, thinking about what you, how you think it's going to play out, looking at the injury reports, what happened the last couple times these teams played, just analyzing you know, sitting down and looking at the players, their health, how they've been doing, how you think these two teams match up against each other and, and forming your opinion, essentially. That's how I'd describe it. Yeah. Yeah. A handicapper, or as okay. you'll hear other people say, cappers or someone that's capping this game. They're just coming at it from like an analytical, uh, analytical standpoint where they're, they're, they're taking all these factors in and then they're going to regurgitate. Here's my best case. Here's why I think this is the right side. I'm handicapping this game based off this, 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 and this. It's just the terminology that they use to describe someone who uh, usually is very, very familiar with the, the sport and somewhat, you could say, an expert in the sport and hence why they're given their professional opinion. I guess you could even say that this is their professional opinion instead of saying handicap of why they're on this side. 
Okay. Yeah, they'll say, I had this game at Chiefs minus seven, and the actual spread might be Chiefs minus three. And you're like, okay, this person analyzed the game and they think Kansas City's going to win by a full touchdown as opposed to what the website <laughs> Dirty Bookies think. <laughs> Because that's that's another thing going back to going back to the yeah going back to the spread uh, you know at the beginning of this you know if a game is minus three mm-hmm. that's the bookmakers set the line and and Vegas and the bookmakers they tell you we think minus three is where this line should be because we think we're going to get fifty percent action on one side and fifty percent action on the other so that's why the spread is where it's at and how people can understand what the spread means that means. Because Vegas, what they want, they just want an even side. They they want they want to just they would love if every bet landed fifty fifty because they just get to collect their tax and move on. So right. when you hear about line movement, no, we haven't talked about line movement yet, but like line movement. So let's say it was minus three. A handicapper and some let's say multiple handicappers, some smart handicappers come in and they say that line should be minus six, right? Or like Eric said, it should be minus seven. What the hell? Why is it minus three? I'm hammering Kansas City minus three because I'm getting value because I don't think this is a 50% bet at minus three. I think this is a 70% bet at minus three. So I think I have a 70% chance of winning this bet versus the Vegas is telling me I only have a 50% chance of winning this. And then that's where you see the line move because when one side starts taking in so much money on one side and Vegas is like, oh, we're getting lopsided. We're not at our 50-50. They'll start moving that line. So you see... Chiefs minus four, minus five, minus, you know, it'll keep going until it starts balancing out again. Or even if one respected person who wins 64% Mm -hmm. of their bets puts a large amount on it, that one person's wager will move it because that indicates to them that somebody really smart knows something we do not. Sure. It's so tricky. It's all about information and who has it. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, crazy. So, um... Betting is not legal. Different types of betting are not legal in every state. So um, <laughs> as dorky as this may sound, or maybe not because there's no such thing as a stupid question, right? Mm-hmm. So how do people know if betting is legal in their state or not? And um, if betting is not legal in their state, what kinds of betting can they participate in anyhow? Well, I live in such you can easily state. just Google um, it. <laughs> you can just like go to DraftKings and DraftKings or, or or FanDuel, any of them, Barstool. They'll tell you if it's legal sure. in your state or not. So uh, that's one way to find out if the most common books books online, at least we're talking online, uh, you're able to participate in. Okay. And and then the Eric, other way, there's said, a lot of gray area stuff. You said that gambling's not legal in it's not legal in Wisconsin, obviously. Not legal so, in Washington um, either, where I'm at. <laughs> we're, all, we're all on the crappy end of the stick. That's great. Let me tell you, I think, <laughs> I, think I know. What guys no, no, no. I think I know what Eric is trying to say. Listen, we would never participate in anything illegal, and we would we always follow the no. law. So allegedly, if I were, but I'm not, but if I were to be placing bets while I am currently physically located in Washington state, um, which I would not because it is not legal, but allegedly if I was, the one way I could get around it is by using an offshore book. Um, You know, just speculating, if I'm just, you know, throwing things out there, I would find a way to use cryptocurrency to transfer money into these offshore books to get credited an account and be able to gamble that way. But, I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out there. <laughs> People have been known to do that, buy Bitcoin and send it to an offshore account. 
I see. Which is a pain. It's really ass. easier. It would than... be nice. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it it would be nice to just log into DraftKings, you know, and yeah. be able to withdraw from DraftKings. But some people, I don't know, ne'er do wells who choose to do so, buy cryptocurrency and then send it to the offshore offshore book and then withdraw it as cryptocurrency, convert it to currency, and then withdraw it to their bank. So it's just and a couple people, extra people steps think that that's real difficult to do, and it's really not. You don't need to go to like any of these like Coinbase's or anything like that. Uh, you can go to Cash App and download the Cash App app, and all you gotta do is like upload and verify your ID, like your driver's license, and show that you're a real person. And you can buy Bitcoin in the Cash App, and you can send Bitcoin and receive mm-hmm. Bitcoin in Cash App, and so you can move money in and out just really easy that way to to bank accounts. So it's really not not or not to uh, to betting sites, not bank, well both bank accounts and betting sites but it's it's a that's the easiest way i've heard it's done there are other way like there's a lot of other sites that are legal in multiple states like 40 35 plus states um that aren't gambling but technically but are like um there's one called monkey knife fight which i think is great because (laughs) it got its name from an episode of the simpsons where homer was uh in international waters betting on monkey knife fights oh my god that's awesome there's another there's another slightly more reputable one called prize picks um you can play daily fantasy on DraftKings too there's these are player outcomes though you're betting on players to score a certain number of points that's how they pass it off as fantasy okay sure there's other ones too there's other ones too like uh bet openly i know is a good one too where uh they cut out the bookie they cut out the middleman. They they cut out the casino. So the casino who takes their ten percent tax usually or more on on each bet, um, and that that gets a little bit more complicated. We don't have to get into the odds and stuff like that and stuff. It's just understand when you're placing a bet, you're paying a tax, just like when you go to the grocery store, you're paying taxes on everything yep. that you buy there. Um, you you're paying a tax with every bet. Well, bet openly only charges like a one percent tax, and how they do that is you're betting against another actual person you're not betting against a book so let's say Eric uh, liked the lakers tonight plus five and i'm like no nah, i like the warriors minus five so then they would pair us up and say hey this guy wants to bet this you want to bet the other side you two do it we're going to take a one percent fee for matching you guys up kind of like a dating site and uh you guys have at it <laughs> yep that's uh there's one called better edge that's based in minnesota that's like that too it's it's they're listed as positions and you can create your own. You can say, well, I think the bears are going to win by 10 and the line may only be bears minus four. You can put bears minus nine and a half on there and someone else can come and buy the other position. And you're essentially, it's the same thing. Peer to peer, they call it. Yep. So that's interesting. So then what sorts of things do you guys prefer, like personally prefer to bet on that you think is a lot of fun or interesting? I like player props, which is just a bet on a player scoring above or below a set number of points, rebounds, catches, yards, whatever, because it takes the rest of the team, the coordinator, the referees out of it. I just need one guy to show up and do his job. So that's nice and simple. And in football, that's how I prefer to do it, because 
the odds they make in football are just, I mean, it's like they know exactly what's going to happen sometimes. Like <laughs> a team will be favored by six and a half and they'll win by six. Like consistently this happens. So <laughs> I try to just find a guy who's either highly motivated playing a team he used to play for or it's his birthday or his dog just, you know, got back from the vet and is totally fine but got hit by a car or something like that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, underlying angles you can find for player props what about you will what do you like to bet on uh my favorite type of bet is an nfl teaser bet um i like teasers teasers are to keep it very very simple if a let's say a team is a six point favorite um so say the chiefs are a six point favorite over the rams i can either lay the six with the Chiefs and hope they win by, you know, a touchdown or more. Or I can tease them down and a teaser get, allows me to take six points in my advantage. So instead of laying six, all I need is the Chiefs to win. And the problem with that is I have to pair it with something else. A teaser is two bets where you get points, but it, you have to have both legs hit. So it's a, it's a parlay. So I would tease it into another game I like, whether it's a side or a total. Um, but in the most basic terminology or in basic terms just nfl teaser bet is i would pair let's say i like the you know kansas city tease them down to they just have to win and then i think you know what i th- i think the jags are going to get it done um against the patriots and the jags are plus three so now i'm going to tease them up to plus nine so now i just hope that the jags don't lose by double digits or they win the game and i'll win win that that leg of the bet as well um nfl teasers are my favorite but i mean basically the whole point of betting when you're doing it from how I look at it as like um, there, there's fun betting where you're just going in for a weekend for fun, and then there's there's in where you treat it like an investment, like 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 a stock portfolio. And so when you're treating it like a stock sure. portfolio, you, what, what you're looking for is um, like Eric is saying with these player props, either an edge that the market doesn't know yet with someone's dog being hurt, you know, you think they're going to be emotionally more invested in this, or you just look at the line and you say that is completely wrong. I think that is wrong, and I'm going to make that bet. I, You're telling me this is a 50-50 bet. I think this hits 60% of the time. Therefore, I'm going to go ahead and make that that bet because I think the odds are in my favor here. doesn't mean it's going to always pan out that way, but that that's kind of how I approach, approach these things. So you guys, you can kind of bet on anything, right? Like there's a lot of yeah. sports out there that you can bet on. What's the weirdest thing that you've, ever placed a bet on eric you go first oh i mean <laughs> i've bet on korean baseball and esports um probably rugby i don't know anything about rugby but i know a guy who knows what he's talking about with rugby <laughs> and when he says something's gonna happen it usually does and rugby games i don't know they take place at 2 3 a.m our time nice <laughs> Will, what about you? What's the weirdest thing you've ever bet on? Uh, a few years ago, I don't know if you guys remember, Little Nas X had a song called Old Town Road. It broke all the records, right? So I was betting <laughs> right. the was was that the Grammys, right? That he was going to have the record of the year because it broke all the records, and I was getting such good value on it. And I'm like, and the odds were going in my favor, and I go, how? You know, it was like plus 500 when I got it. And by the time the grain was kicked off, it was like plus 200. And I go, oh, this thing's hitting. Because like, how is it not? Everyone heard this one. It was a a national phenomenon for the year. So how is this not the record of the year? And then 
So when just I mean, you Billy's saying it, I, it's going to be stuck in my head. Yeah, <laughs> right, someone, right. someone, someone called Billy Eyelash or something like that ended up winning because they won like every award that year, and I was just sitting there stunned to like how the hell. Like I understand, like you gave her record of the year, artist of the year, like five different. You couldn't give someone else like like the best record of the year. Like, <laughs> come on! I was pissed because I saw her steal that from me, and then she just kept going. She got she won so many things that year that she got up to the like the last one, which was the biggest one, like album of the year or something like that. And she's like, I have nothing else to say because I've already thanked everyone because I've been up here so much. And I'm like, what oh the hell? <laughs> so that's probably one of the weirdest like- ones I've bet on. I like Billie Eilish better when she was Fiona Apple. Oh, I don't like Fiona Apple. Billie you Eilish tell- is it's funny. I call her eyelash too. Will actually, yeah. <laughs> eyelash. You could tell that was like peak COVID for me because there was no sports on, so I had to get an itch right. for some Grammys or so. <laughs> and I can tell you're not bitter about it or anything. No, no. <laughs> That's Just, so funny. You know, number one so selling this- record of like almost all time, but nah. Right. To this day, you can't listen to any of her songs or that Old Town Road song either. Every time you hear it, do you just like start to tense up and cringe? I haven't heard it since then, so we're <laughs> So I have a question for you guys about betting. Uh, what do you feel like? How do you feel about like there's a bunch of stadiums that are talking about and have implemented sports books inside or near just right outside of the stadiums. How do you guys feel about that at the stadiums? And to that effect too, like I, I hear that. Um, and I just talked to somebody about this recently that, um, there's going to be like that stadium golf tour with that tiger and Rory mm. were pedaling or whatever. And that is supposed to be like a betting experience, too, where you can actually bet real time as you're in the seats, blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you guys feel about that kind of thing? What do you think about that? Betting in stadium. That's going to be a that's going to be a double edged sword. That's where uh, discipline and self-control is going to come in because that's very accessible. Like, you're going to have to really (laughs) know yourself, I think. I think it's great as an American and. And an adult, I think we should be free to do anything we want so long as we're not hurting anybody. But that comes with consequences. You know, there are some people who aren't going to be able to stay within their limits, as they say. So they'll put some safeguards in, though, I think. Everything's trackable at this point. You don't walk up and and hand somebody untraceable cash. Like, you're making bets on a (laughs) digital device. So if they see someone ruining themselves, well, what am I talking about? They're just going to encourage it. (laughs) I absolutely love it. I think it's a great, I think it's a great thing because when you're as someone who is more advanced in sports betting, I, when I want to sit down and actually, um, there's a thing called live betting and some people just do it on the fly. But if you're doing live betting, like it's a job, you have to watch the whole game. You have to know the odds. You have to know the, you know, all the probabilities. It's like playing um, blackjack. You've got to, you know, you can go in there and just, hope you hit a you know good good part of the deck or if you're someone that knows a little bit about counting cards you know when to go in and when to go out so with sports betting live it's it's the same thing you you can't be distracted you can't have kids running around you can't have friends over watching the super bowl it's literally a nine to five job you got to treat it like and you've got to watch it but here's the thing when you're watching it through the television there's a delay and these sports book pay millions of dollars to get an eight second delay 
So meaning they will get mm-hmm. the real live feed eight seconds before the viewer does. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's enough for them oh to God. adjust the odds on the fly. So you might be thinking like, Oh, on this next, you know, on this next play, it's, it, are they going to convert the first down? You're like, yeah, the, you know, it's, it's only fourth and fourth and three or third and three. They're going to get it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And you're seeing the odds you're like, Oh man, they're giving me great odds on this. There might be a reason behind that because they might have a little <laughs> bit of an edge ahead of you. Whereas if you're in the stadium, you're at the stadium yourself, you can go there, you can put some money down and you get to watch it live. You don't have to worry about mm. anyone else having more knowledge than you because you're seeing it in real time. And you can look at the odds and you can say these odds are fair and there's no way for them to try to trick you on any of those things because there's no way for the current odds to have an edge on you. That's so wild. That's so yeah, crazy. Basketball. A lot can happen in eight seconds of basketball. You have to wait for commercial breaks if you're going to live bet basketball. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's like an eternity in basketball. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Same with football. I always tell people if you're live betting in football, you can only live bet. Like if you're wanting to live bet like a team that's down to come back, you got to wait till there's a timeout or a commercial break or the end of the quarter because that's when you're going to get the most fair odds. Okay. Yeah. Because how many times, how many times, you know, you're like, okay, I think they're going to come back right here. Here we go. You know, I'm getting plus money <laughs> on this team. They're down a touchdown. I think they're going to come back and end up winning this game. And you're like, oh, I'm getting like plus 500. This is a great deal. And then the next play, they throw a pick six. And now they're down two touchdowns. Yep. And now your plus 500 looks real stupid. <laughs> and that, just that three-minute commercial break let gives the market plenty of time to decide. You'll see that number move all over because they'll put out plus 300. And maybe smart people understand that this team's going to win. And they'll all bet that it moves down to plus 150. And wow. the market moves that number around like crazy during a commercial break. That's so, so crazy. You know, during game action, you don't want to just hop in there. So we can go ahead and like, I, I want to make sure that we touch on things that we didn't touch on yet. So if there's something that we need to talk about, I'm looking to you guys to make sure we round this thing out for sure. Um, and the other thing too is, I guess, if people want to start betting you know, how should they go about it as far as picking a book or, you know, that sort of a thing? Well, I think, um, I, I think the, what do you the, have the main thing, the main thing with, if you're getting into sports betting is the first question you have to ask yourself is what are you doing it for? All right. What, what are you doing mm-hmm. it because you want March Madness coming up? You want to have a little action on the game and like that, that, that DraftKings commercial with Kevin Hart, a little, a little heartbeat, a little thump thump in there because you, you, you enjoy the <laughs> thrill of the games and you just want to have some money on the game so you can enjoy it. Some people do that. There's times like uh, I'll bet things that I don't even think that I was going to bet, but the fact that I have time to sit down and watch it, I'm like, well, I'm going to throw some money on this just so I, I it's entertainment. Are you doing it just for a weekend for some entertainment just to see, hey, I have some side money here. Let's throw it in there. Let's have some fun. I'm going to be watching basketball all weekend. This is going to be great. And that's going to be the end of it. And that's totally fine. There's people like the UFC event this week, and there's people that will pick their spots and say, hey, a UFC card, I'm going to go just bet this. And whatever happens, I'll pull my money out, and then I'm going to move on because I'm not betting every day. Versus are you someone trying to get into this as a as an investment? Treat it like, like an investment. Like I was talking about with the stocks. You have your stock portfolio, your 401k or whatever you have. That's one type of investment, but sports betting can be another type of investment, and it takes discipline. Uh, you got to learn strategy and, you, and, and you've got to be on top of it. So, and you've got to be willing to learn. That's just something, even if you're new into it, don't be intimidated on, you just got to learn. 
um, because you're going to start yeah. out, you're going to start out slow. You're going to start out with smaller bets and you're going to build a bankroll. And so you've got to ask yourself, is this something that I want to just go into as some fun? Is this something I want to take serious? And like, I, I, you know, I want to, I want to put 500 bucks in and let's see if I can grow that 500 bucks over the next three months to, to a thousand or something like that. Right. Um, and learn along the way. Or is it something like, Hey, I got an extra 50 bucks here. If this turns into 150, because I make a few fun bets and got to, you know, parlay a couple things together and it ends up working for me. Well, now I can go pay the light bill with this fun money that I had. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like, yeah. Just you, you've got to ask yourself, what are you doing it for before you even get into what is my unit size? What, what how do I learn the odds and stuff like that? You got to figure out what your purpose is. Okay, no, you're Eric, why. what do you have to say? Yeah, I, th- I think Will pretty much covered it. You have to know, you know, that dictates how much money you're you're going to put in and and your discipline. But that's that's essentially what I do is. Just enough to keep me entertained. And, you know, when I win, I'll maybe uh, take out a little bit by a paddleboard or something. That's always fun. I like, to, <laughs> like if I win, if I win a decent amount of money, I like to withdraw it and buy something cool because that's, that's cool. just money yep. that fell out of the sky. And if you're going to buy something cool, that's the money to do it with. And and then it's fun. Every time I, I take my kayak out, I'm like, oh, I remember that time that Valentina Shevchenko knocked that chick out at a, at a 20 to one <laughs> shot. In the third round, and then, and then I got a kayak. <laughs> That's excellent. I love it. So, okay. Well, I I feel like I really appreciate the both of you, and um, because I feel like you you guys really are transparent about sports betting, and always have been. And I think, I mean, I can definitely say that you're always giving the best information that you possibly can. And when you don't know, you say you don't know. And when you do, you do. Or when you're going to check on something, you do. And I appreciate that tremendously, as I'm sure everybody who is following you. Speaking of following you guys, how do the kitties find you all? Eric? I'm just that PSR host guy on various things. I make it nice and simple. And Will, how do the children find you? I'm all over the place. You know, I'm on Rumble, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get your podcast. But the best place you can find me, the most simplest place you can find me, and it's free, you go to gameon.locals.com. That's gameon.locals.com. It's my sports community that I was talking about earlier, where we all work together. It's like a Facebook group, but with extra features. We have daily live chats. I post exclusive content in there. I post uh, links to shows when I'm going live on YouTube, Rumble, and wherever else. Um, basically, it's a direct line of communication with me. If you want to ask questions, you can post it in there yourself, and I can all eventually at some point see it, but also all the other members will see it as well. So if there's someone asking a baseball question, you will have our guy Heavy Steps commenting in on the baseball question because he's our baseball expert. And you too can become an expert yep. yourself or if you are an expert come in and share your knowledge and uh we will appreciate that and you will get our knowledge and whatever we um you know our, our expertise in but that's kind of just building a close group of sports gamblers together all in one spot and that's at gameon.locals.com the only way we're going to bankrupt these evil websites is if we work together and you can tell i've done that line <laughs> a few times <laughs> 
I know that, yeah, we talk a lot about betting, sports betting, and other things, too, on the Wake and Rake, too, which we did um, this morning, but that's usually on Sundays, which is awesome and really a lot of fun. And you guys are always super interactive with people, too, which I think is great because what happens on those shows is that uh, people are able to ask questions, you know, while the the production's going on, which I think is super cool. People Very don't understand. Cool. They, 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 so, people don't understand. They people. drive the show. I have a lot of people that watch and they tell me that they watch. And uh, they're yeah. like, hey, I was watching you the other night and it was, that was great and that was good. And I'm like, why didn't you comment in there? Comment. You drive the show. Like, yeah. please comment. Say something. Just even if you're going to say hi, say it because we will scrap everything that I was going to – like, I'll scrap everything that I was going to say, right? And if you start asking about something else, we'll go into that topic because, because you know, the audience yeah. drives the show. Which is awesome. I, know, I remember when um, when we would do those morning shows and you guys would, like, help people out with their fantasy football rosters. That's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. Everybody working together. It's a feel-good yeah. thing. So, all right, boys. I think we're going to pull this bus back into this station. We've nestled ourselves in the one-hour mark, which is yeah. time sure flies when you're having fun talking about betting, I guess. Um, and everybody, I need to tell you right now that the fan bus is not a good bus unless if it's a full bus. So please go ahead, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends of your friends. You can find us anywhere you find the podcast that you know and love. And also you can go to PatriotSportsNow.com where you can find all of the podcast offerings that we have there, including this podcast. Until next time, get your ass off my bus. Sadly, it's true that all kick-ass adventures must eventually come to a close. But rest assured, this will not be our last. Thank you, friends, for riding the fan bus. Now gather your belongings, throw out your trash, and promptly make your exit. And wait patiently for our next fan bus adventure. The fan bus is part of the Patriot Sports Radio family. Join our community where you can find more of what's kick-ass by visiting us at PatriotSportsNow.com. Until next time, everyone, keep it on the road.